Hello and welcome to the Technical Difficulties Podcast. My name's Don and I'm an idiot. Um, my name is Scott and I guess I'll agree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I didn't have the whole thing on the screen. I was like, oh no, I don't have it. music fading. No, oh, okay. No. And everything was actually fine. Oh, okay. You're, you're still quiet again. You're uh, I was going to say, I, I'm, I'm not going to be a self-proclaimed idiot. It's probably true, but I'm not going to self-proclaim it. Oops. Now I'm adjusting your volume on the fly. Oh, okay. Hey, I think we're equal now. Are we equal now? I think so. Okay. So we were unequal before? Yeah, I was loud. Okay. I'm just going to say it's because I was saying welcome to the podcast podcast. <clears throat> That's fair. Podcast. Podcast. Did I got to Did you call us a podcast? The podcast. Podcast. The cast. The podcast. So that means we can tell poop jokes then, right? Uh, we still got to keep that clean iTunes designation, so we probably shouldn't. Really? Really. So throwing poop in there. Well, wait. Doesn't Deuteronomy somewhere in there talk, or is that like Leviticus that talks about that? Ezekiel, my brother. No, no, I know, but there no, are that's some right. laws. That's well, well uh, Levitical laws on cleanliness, yeah, definitely. Right. Like going out, what, is it 100 feet outside the camp? <clears throat> I don't know. It's Bearing like six feet deeper. Under is it 12? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wait, six feet, six inches. That's, that's where you I'm bury at. the bodies. <laughs> six feet. You got your burial laws and your potty laws mixed up. I was going to say, right now, I, I, I like a good, <laughs> I like a good, I like to sit down and, and relax and, and enjoy that time by myself. A good but, burial? <laughs> yeah. But six feet down, that would be, that, that'd take too much work to go to the bathroom, man. I just, just want to go. I'd hold it right. I yeah. know. <clears throat> oh, there goes the clean tag. Potty humor, scatological humor. Well, again, you know what? You know what? Though? Nobody's reported us, so take that. It's in the Bible. I mean, we're just discussing. Right. What? If we were to get explicit content because of the Bible, it's not our fault. No, I, I think that would make us cooler, I oh, guess. Is there anything in here about... We'll have to see. It could get a little bit... Interesting. Deuteronomical. Actually, if you go King James, though, then you get into oh. explicit lyrics. <laughs> or whatever we call that. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of... Um, well, I mean, like the whole donkey. Right. Um, and pisseth. Well, Right. Would those count as, like, explicit? Uh, I think if you use it in a flippant way, sure. But if you're using it like you're reading or you're describing the actual, you know, donkey, it's not. When we were at King's Island and Hadessa was like, so what is this That's his daughter. I was like, oh, it's a donkey. And it's also in the Bible known as a... And you, you did not. What? Of course I did. <laughs> you serious? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Who am I talking to? Why? why well, I? well, Na- okay. So Naomi today, we were in the car. That's my other daughter. Yeah. She's I was like, like, oh, Naomi. Yeah. She's like, you know what a great word is? Oh no. And she used the female dog, um, but she used another word for it. And so, like, why my, used another word for it? Well, the word that I'm not allowed oh, to use oh, on the got, podcast. Got you, got you, yes. Yeah. And so, I was like, wait a second, and and. She's got a little bit of a speech, you know. She she struggles with with her speech and, and how she well, pronounces things. H- how old like, is she? She's five. Yeah, six. No, she's six. Still, so, speech therapist wouldn't really correct it. <laughs> well, she actually she she's meeting one of those and she's oh, doing yeah. better. But I still I was like I had to I was like so you mean this word? And she's like no. I was like how about this word? No. <sighs> Fine. <laughs> and I tried the word that I was hoping that it wasn't the female dog thing, and. Uh, and I was like, yeah, you're not allowed to say that. Daddy, I didn't know. I'm sorry. No, no, that's fine. Just don't say it again. And you're grounded. And then, of course, they're like, but why can't we say it? Uh, I paused. <laughs> Took a, a nice long pause. And then I was like. Because mommy said so. Well, <laughs> I was like, okay. 
Well, in the Bible, it talks about unwholesome talk and how we're oh, not supposed go. to say bad, we're not supposed to call or degrade God's creation. And so when you call someone that word, that word that's what we're doing. So that's why that word is bad. <laughs> and then she's like, okay. And then they changed the subject. I was like, oh, yes. <clears throat> Didn't know we were going there today. Yeah, that's, oh, <clears throat> kids. <laughs> I don't even know where that word came from. We have a... um. I, I discussed my nerd life a little bit. So with the whole Reddit thing, mm-hmm. uh, there's the Greek word for poop. That's uh, is it scubalon? I think so. Did I pronounce yeah. it right? Scubalon or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And so a lot of people have like software, like Logos software, or whatever that has like the Greek mm-hmm. fonts in it and stuff. And they'll be like, "Oh, you, that's," and then they'll put all the Greek in, and you know it. And I'm like, "I know what you're doing. <laughs> you're skirting the vulgarity rules." <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna leave it. <laughs> Hey, that is, we actually have left it it, when people have used it Mm -hmm. Um, because there's actually debate if that actually was used as a swear Mm -hmm. because it never really appears as a swear word anywhere in literature, including outside the Bible. Okay. It might be saying something like, you know. It's not the same as saying the actual S word, but it would probably still have been a non-favorable term. Okay. So we just kind of like let it go. Like if I was having an argument with somebody, I said, that's poop and you know it. Right. Like it's probably the same kind of like, you might be like taken aback a little bit. Like why would you use such a, you know, a low vulgar word, you know, but it would be the same if I dropped the S bomb. Well, he was making a very... He was making a strong point. Yeah, I would say it'd probably be more like a crap. <clears throat> yeah. But, it, but there's no actual evidence that it was the S word. Okay. But yeah, he was definitely making a point. I mean, he's he's comparing it to like waste, absolute useless, gross waste. You know, kind of. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's no when people are like, well, well, God swears he said it's like filthy rags. It's like, well, he used a very descriptive, <clears throat> like definition that we've sanitized a bit mm-hmm. but it wasn't like vulgarity for the sake of vulgarity. shock value right yeah <clears throat> but you know i have uh, we're doing the podcast so of course i have to clear my throat again <clears throat> we're good mm-hmm. that never happens in real life <sighs> just more podcasting i feel like when we are it's like all of a sudden all this saliva is like i'm gonna gather right here <laughs> don't mind me i'm just watching it is time yeah. <laughs> Okay, so right. what, did we, what did we talk about last week? So last week we talked about clean and unclean foods. Oh. Um, we talked about... Was I here for that? Um, yes, I potentially, was. Potentially, yeah, because we talked about pigs. I kid, I kid. Oh, cerdo. Um, which we saw pigs at Kings Island today, too, although I didn't go into the details of that. Um, I just bacon. told them that it's bacon, and they're like, where's bacon? Yeah. I was like, no, no, there, there's not bacon here. That's mm-hmm. bacon. And that, they're like... That's future bacon. Well, well, but where's the bacon? I want some. I was like, okay... That pig like, right there. Well, see, we're sojourners. <laughs> we have to wait till it pops over dead, and then they'll give it to us. Right, absolutely. <laughs> it's got to be roadkill. Yeah. Um, so ultimately, we were talking... So that was a good <laughs> summation of last week. Um, so ultimately, we were talking about um, how God has allowed us to be his treasured possession, um, how we are uh, to be set apart, that we are to be holy, that we are not supposed to look like all the other nations, and that we are supposed to look different. 
Um, one of the things that we talked about last week was this idea of clean and unclean foods. Uh, we had a whole list of a whole bunch of animals, including um, roadkill, that we discussed as to um, how it is that God's people at this time were to be set apart. We did a little bit of New Testament stuff as we went into, well, why is it that, that we don't have to continue to um, really obey these um, ritual laws that were, that were set down um, so that we could be set apart. Um, how there are moral laws that we do still have to stick to. And today we are going to continue 14, starting with verse 22, um, and going through verse 20, the last nine, one, 29. Nine, 29. And we're going to talk about something completely non-controversial here. We're going to talk about tithing. Oh, yeah, that's not controversial at all. No, people have their minds made up, and they're just not giving to their churches. Right, or to God at all. I remember, do, do you remember, did you take any of the church planting classes at CCU? Uh, they didn't have church planting classes at that time. Oh, that was like my thesis, that was my senior thesis class. Oh, no, we didn't, we didn't have church planting oh, classes at the time. It was, it was actually really, I can't remember the professor, good guy though, but it was a really good class. I, I went there when they still <laughs> believed that evangelism was, um, oh, yeah. when they believed that evangelism was, you, you go, you carry these tracks, you carry an umbrella, you carry some other things. Was it like you carry a lunch and an umbrella or something? All kinds of was stuff. Yeah, yeah, we didn't do. We were we were cooler than that. Yeah, I, I wasn't that cool. But I was like, I was like the teacher, <laughs> which most people didn't like the the vineyard at the time. And so I was with the vineyard. We did outreaches, and he's like, so I'd love love to sit down and talk to you about well how it is that you reach out to people and. Um, so that was kind of a fun conversation because I think there was some of the older generation. When you go out and serve the community. You know all the people you're afraid of. <laughs> yeah. So, so all the older generation was 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 leaving, and, and this teacher was new to teaching oh, that class. Okay. And he's like, yeah, I'm teaching it according to how I inherited it this year. But he's like, I'd like to change that. So who was the guy I had? I can't remember who I had for oh, the... What's his name? He was the English guy. The English teacher guy. I mean, they were all English. Dorico? I think so. He was good. Yeah, he but he taught my, dude? he taught English also, and he also taught my intro to evangelism class. Was he the bald guy, the bald Dorico? Because there's a redhead Dorico and a bald Dorico. Redhead Dorico, very hard to work with. Bald Dorico, great dude. Younger guy. I mean, he's probably. Well, I don't know how I old mean, he is now, me, but younger. And I, I went there a few years after you, so I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, I was a late finisher. He was an English. English yeah, teacher? yeah. He was the one that I was telling you about. He oh well, I guess literature technically. Okay. He's the one that almost failed the whole class because they failed to cite sources. Yeah, yeah. That guy. Because he, he taught like C.K. Chesterton. G.K. Chesterton. Whatever. You, really you can see I paid attention. Um, the Chesterton uh, guy. He wrote some cool stuff. Well, uh, well. anyway, the guy that we had for church plan, before we get off on a tangent, oh, and wow, everyone's okay. like, C.C.U., what? Um, he talked about Tide and how as a church gets bigger, the per- person tithe amount goes down mm -hmm. so like when your church is like a hundred people the average might be like maybe arbitrary numbers here i think it's actually pretty close so at least this was like in 2005 um was like a hundred dollars a person per week it was like the average tithe at like the hundred person level uh -huh. and then like once you get to like 500 it drops like 70 Really? And it, there's many reasons. As you get bigger, it's easier to come in and hide. It's easier to, you know, not go into, uh, like, community groups where you could be confronted about, like, are you helping the church or not? Are you just draining its mm -hmm. resources? Um, you get more of a revolving, like, visitors are more likely to come in and leave. So you have a lot of reasons why people don't. But it was very interesting that 
um, you know, kind of the bigger the church gets, the less per person tithe you get per week. Okay. So, okay. But what's interesting, this section of verses, I think, is going to give us kind of a, a 180, like, view of what tithing means. So I think that a lot of people think of it as here's money that either the church is going to abuse or here's money that is going to disappear into some accounting black hole in a church or Mm -hmm. I'm never going to see where this money goes, but I'll just give it blindly in faith or that pastor is going to buy a BMW and then we're going to have a building campaign. You know, there's all sorts Mm -hmm. of like this view of what tithing goes for and why we do it. So we do it under compulsion. We do it because, quote, the Bible says so. But we haven't done a study on it. When I read this passage, I felt a lot of conviction because I kind of tithe, and this would almost be sinful. Mm-hmm. I kind of tithe out of like duty, like that's <laughs> oh gosh, on the podcast. <laughs> I tithe out of a sense of obedience. <laughs> Here I'm like trying to think. I, I believe it's like oh well, I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to obey. I'm supposed to tithe, and that's what I do. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of a, and now I'm reading this, I'm like, oh, there's a lot more. Woe is me. <laughs> Woe to me, I should say. Well, let's read it, and let's get the uh, yeah. listeners on track with what, what we're talking what? about. What's going on? All, All right. right. Go for it. Um, <clears throat> chapter 14 of Deuteronomy, starting with verse 22. You shall tithe all the yield of your seed that comes from the field year, year by year. And before the Lord your God in the place that he will choose to make his name dwell there. You shall eat the tithe of your grain, of your wine, and of your oil, and of the firstborn of your herd and flock, that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. And if the way is too long for you, so that you are not able to carry the tithe, when the Lord your God blesses you, because the place is too far from you, which the Lord your God chooses to set his name there, then you shall turn it into money and bind up the money in your hand and go to the place that the Lord your God chooses and spend the money for whatever you desire, oxen or sheep or wine or strong drink, whatever your appetite craves, and you shall eat there before the Lord your God and rejoice. And you you and your household And you shall not neglect the Levite who is within your towns, for he has no portion or inheritance with you. At the end of every three years, you shall bring out all the tithe of your produce in the same year and lay it up within your towns. And the Levite, because he has no portion or inheritance with you, and the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow who are within your towns shall come and eat and be filled. And the Lord, that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands that you do. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Nice. All right. Nice. All right. So with that. Um, got some high church going on in I know. the old basement. And, and, and who, who knew that, uh, yeah, that I would ever be in a church that would know that? Do you do, you do that at your church? We do. Uh-huh. Oh, we do, we do as well. Uh-huh. So, wow. Yep. Yeah, especially you. Crazy, I yeah, know. Freaking vineyardite. Well, I'm a, I'm a something night. You temporary CCM. <laughs> I, I think I'm the only person that... Newsboys listening to... Okay, now you've gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> no, put down the knife. No. <laughs> Theater of the mind, they believe you have a knife. <laughs> no, yeah, that's our... When we, at the beginning of our sermons, somebody will read, and then it, that's what we'll... Mm-hmm. We'll yep. call and response. Wow. Mm-hmm. I know you guys did that. I know, crazy. I thought you were Baptist. Yeah, by marriage. I mean, at your church, though. Yeah, I, I don't know what that yeah. means, really. I kind of do, but I, I, thought I don't. I Baptists were like, oh, that's a little Catholic. Better not do that. Oh, I have no clue. Yeah, cool. I, I know we teach good scripture, and that's all I care about. 
Um, Just as a side note, I'm part of a church that's part of the SBC, so I'm technically Baptist. I'm not even sure whether we're like <laughs> Montgomery Baptist, whether we're, we're American Baptist yeah, American or now, Southern or Northern Baptist or Italian Canadian Baptist. Baptist. I have right? no clue. Canadian Baptist. That's what we are. So, okay. All right. <laughs> um, what do you got, man? If you want right. to start us off? Because I'm in banter mode, so I need someone to center me. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, well, how about you go first? Because you oh, said that, well, you're the one that said that like you were convicted. So what uh, better way to start off than I was convicted? Well, so I don't want to like jump ahead too much through this without going in some semblance of order because I think it's beneficial for people to be in the, <laughs> the order of the verses. Helps them follow along better. Okay. But uh, to start out, we see a pattern emerging that um, is kind of going through the book. And it took me a couple of read-throughs to really see the pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, once again, if you remember a few, gosh, was it 12? We're, we're talking about entering the land officially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and God saying, these are the places that I'm going to choose for worship. This is where you're going to do it. And God said, you know, in a sense saying, not even in a sense, God saying, I'm God and I'm choosing where this stuff is. It's not going to be arbitrarily chosen by either a false God or by you. It's going to be what I dictate. And that's going to be kind of w- one of the big differences between um, Israel and the real God and the Canaanites and the false gods is that the real God is like kind of taking control of the land, the situation and dictating what happened in the land. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> he does it again here with tithe. He starts out with, um, let's see, is it 23? Uh, and before the Lord, your God in the place that he will choose to make his name dwell there, you shall eat and drink of the tithe, the tithe of your grain. So once again, he's saying, this is where it's going to be, you know, kind of, Thus saith the Lord, um, my name is going to dwell here, and that is where you're going to eat. So mm-hmm. basically, that's the sanctuary. That's where you're going to participate. Okay. So I thought that was kind of a really cool starting off point, and I was trying to like tie stuff together in my brain about this, and I was like, mm-hmm. well, that is one of the consistent details, is especially 23, is he's once again, you know, he's God, and he's saying this is how it's going to be. I, uh, so as I was kind of reading, um, I, I was questioning some things. I was like, okay, are there different types of tithe? Um, was one of the questions that, that had kind of gone through my mind. Are you talking about because of like the, your grain tithe is what he says? Or well, your firstborn, your oil, your wine. Well, right, right. Well, specifically like in, in my, in my thinking, you know, I'm, I'm going, well, as a good Christian person, mm-hmm. of course, I know that a tithe is 10% to the church or that's what it's supposed to be. Um, tithe is derived from the word tenth. I've heard that. Right. Uh, it's but, probably true, but I still like whatever. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like, so when it comes down to the tithe or the different types of tithe, or is there different types of tithe? Um, I, I didn't know. Um, and, and, you know, I, I just questioned. I said, well, do they already know that this is a 10% when it's mentioned as a tithe? Um, I also went in a little bit to um, found out that, you know, many different cultures um, actually had different tithes, and usually the tax and the tithe um, were usually actually combined together. Um, um, I looked into basically Israel, though, um, or God's people were really the only ones that really set the tithe as, as being something for, um, for their religious leaders um, as a way of support, as a way of inheritance. 
Um, so the practice of des- designating one-tenth of all produce um, as wages w- for the priesthood was a unique thing to just the Israelites. Oh, that's kind of um, cool. And so although um, normally within uh, e- these Eastern cultures, um, most of the time the tithe and the tax were together, but this was what made this tithe distinct um, was that it went to the priesthood of the Israelites. Um, I, I guess I also, as I was looking into... Um, um, it was kind of the the instruction to eat uh, your that, that grain. That actually hit me really hard at first, which is what which led one? me. The instruction to eat your oh, tithe. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, if I'm like, if I go to my church and I'm like, hey, I'm going to put some money in the box, but I'm going to take some money back out. Right. <laughs> like, that's what you know. Well, because I was shocked with that, too. I was like, well, wait a second. Now now I'm a little bit confused. And and so, like, numbers. I read <laughs> cause I was like, did I read that right? Well, Numbers 18, 21 through 32 is where it discusses the the actual, um, the, um, I, blah, 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 sorry, I'm, I'm turning pages as I'm talking, um, how the money is supposed to go into the Levites and support the mm-hmm. priesthood and that sort of thing. Right. Um, yeah. What's funny is I looked up a few cross references and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And some of them were so bad. I was like, why do they even tie those together? But yeah, you did get a bit about them not having an inheritance and them being taken care of. Mm-hmm. And apparently this was distinct. Um, Which makes sense because, uh, you know, they, their job is to know God, know him well, follow his commandments, lead others in that. They're not going to be farming and, you know, keeping chickens right. or cows or whatever. And it's actually, again, I know we talked about this um, a couple months ago and in some of the earlier podcasts, but, but at first, like, I, I always... I always looked to the Levites as being kind of being like, well, that sucks. I was like, why would I want that job? Like, you, you don't get an inheritance. You don't get anything. But at the same time, it's kind of one of those that, that actually it seems like a blessing to have to rely on God's provision um, in order to, to really survive and, and, and even to put your trust in God for your future and everything. And, and not to say that, that everyone else doesn't have to, but that's actually kind of a really cool place to be in the place of going, well, we actually have to rely on God's provision for, for everything because we have no inheritance. And mm-hmm. so I've kind of changed my mind a little bit as to, well, wait a second. They actually might be in a better place than the rest <laughs> of the Israelites. Well, especially if you, can, if you look at what they're talking about. So if you're thinking like, if you, I know you have, you've ordered a quarter or a half of a cow before, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we did a, we do a quarter <clears throat> We did a quarter a few years ago, and the meat lasted us from, like, February to July. Mm-hmm. Like, we did not have to buy meat from February to July. Yep. It's a lot of food. Oh, yeah. So if you're giving a tenth of a cow to your Levite, you're sharing it with them. You're, you're giving them some of that food or, you know, whatever part of your herd times however many people are coming to worship. It's a ridiculous amount of food. Mm-hmm. It's not just, like... You know, I gave you a couple fries out of my box. You know, it's like I gave you a, some serious food. It, so God's provision for them is abundant. I, that's, that's I mean, true. Never thought about that. Is the that. first word that comes, but abundant. Mm. It's it's a crazy amount. But that's the is it the third year he talks about in here where you you basically help them store up. Mm-hmm. You know, once a year, getting some. Overflow of food might not last you as long, but once you're doing every third year, you're doing some store up for them. 
it's even more abundance and blessing to help get them through. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so what was that? Verse 28, I think. At the end of every three years, yeah. you shall bring out all the tithe of Sorry, your produce yeah. <laughs> in the same year and lay it up within your towns. So uh, uh, all the tithe of your produce. And it takes care of the Levite, the orphan, the widow. But we, I don't want to oh, wow. get too far okay, into cool. the All right, so we'll come back to that. Yeah. But I mean, it was definitely a, a massive provision. So uh, I go on a little rant here because you've got clergy in your background. You were a youth pastor for a church, and I was a pastor at a, a very small church. I'm trying to be nice. I must have said some mean things. <laughs> um one of the things that seems to be very difficult for people to understand, and now neither of us are pastors, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're not a pastor. No, no, not. You may, do you make your living off the gospel in any way? No. Okay, I mean, we pay you zero dollars and zero cents to do this podcast. Right, I just right? like it because it's fun. Yeah, I, I'm not a pastor. I don't make any money off of this podcast, right? So right. neither of us, we have no skin in the game. No, We not were at all. pastors 10 years ago or whatever. Or you're like 15 years ago, whatever. Dang, um, now I sound a feel old. I know, is that crazy? <laughs> it's like when you were living in Batesville, like how many I years know, ago was that? It was about 15-ish you know? years ago. And I was uh, eight or nine years ago. Yep, okay. It was the last time I had a, the title of pastor. So oh. um, last time I made a dollar off of it okay. kind of thing. Um, everybody seems to get all bent out of shape by the fact you got to pay the pastor. Mm-hmm. They get mad. At, like, what do you mean we got to pay this youth pastor? He's only working 32 hours a week, mm-hmm. you know, and he's doing overnighters uh, when in reality you're working 60 hours a week. Right, right. You know, kind of thing. Or, you know, we get all like, well, why do we got to pay the pastor? All he does is read the Bible all week and write one sermon or whatever. They don't think of all the other stuff the pastor does. Mm-hmm. So they get all, you know, twisted up about the pastor drawing a salary, not realizing the pastor's probably making less then most of the people that go to the church, mm-hmm. unless it's a very big mega church, but mega churches make up like 1% or less of all churches in America. Average church size as of like 2009, I think all my research is old, was 100 people. Oh, wow. So let's say that we, we're still at 100 people. That's small. You're asking for 100 people to support one person, and those 100 that go there in many cases, are probably making more than the pastor they're trying to support, mm-hmm. but everybody gets bent out of shape by the fact the pastor should be able to make a decent living. Mm-hmm. Oh, pastor, that's a nice car there. It looks like it's been made in the last decade. It looks like we're paying you too much, pastor. <laughs> it's like, but here, God's like, take your tithe to the Levites. And it's like so stinking much. Mm-hmm. It's like a gigantic amount of provision. And sorry, I guess I, I soapbox there a little bit because that just that drives me nuts. I never thought, like, until you mentioned how long a cow lasts. <laughs> and you have, again, you've got, like, 15,000 people in your family. Yeah, and five, but cows. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, <laughs> the cow to be able to last that long, or just the quarter of a cow, yeah, that's kind of a big deal. Like, I, I mean, really. So when you're thinking about all of the provision that's coming from everyone that's, um, that, that's a part of, uh, that, that's bringing their tie, that, that's, that, that is quite a lot. Yeah. Now I guess they weren't supposed to hold on to it as an inheritance or, or anything, but but that still for a day to day daily provision and I say preservation of a cow back then was probably not as long. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll have this one next year. We'll no, put it in the freezer. Yeah, plug it into uh, the tent out back. Like, we'll put some salt on it, and when it smells funny, we'll get rid of it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's definitely a, you know a, just kind of a different mindset of hey, take care of the priest. Mm-hmm. 
uh, or the Levite in general, you know, the Levites in general. And nowadays we get all bent out of shape if like the pastor goes onto Instagram and shows a picture of his new iPod, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh my gosh, we're paying him too mm-hmm. much. He got something nice. <laughs> well, I think we're going to get into um, next week, which I was so excited about chapter 15. Um, I mean, I had way too much fun because um, especially when we get into uh, well, welfare in America, when we go into chapter 15, um, that was, um, I mean, that was the responsibility of the, the people. And so when we really get into it, the God really addresses the heart of the people um, when they're giving to the poor and when they're giving in abundance and that sort of thing. And although I guess it's not really addressed in this section, in our culture, it kind of fits. Oh, I have to give 10% mm-hmm. um, back to God. Well, you know, coming with the wrong heart and the wrong mindset um, really is a big deal. And, and God addresses that, in, or Moses both of them, uh, address it in uh, Deuteronomy 15 with with how it is that you take care of the poor. Mm -hmm. But I think even more so, um, that's a bigger deal when you're thinking of providing for your own people um, and those that are helping to run the temple, the Levites that are are fulfilling their job as God had laid out and commanded. We need to come with that same heart and that same ability to, to help and provide. And, and so we need to be careful in, in our own hearts when, when we go before God and when we bring that tithe, realizing that, well, wait a second, it's really not ours in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, because when we're thinking the land and we're thinking, I think we go back into some of the other Deuteronomy stuff, um, he goes, well, you know, lest you forget that God did or lest you forget that what? God takes care of the land. And this land and the stuff that grows on it are blessings and provisions from God it's not theirs. Yeah, I think I think Rasanti, the commentary writer that I use quite a bit, uh, often <laughs> referred. I think we use the term the divine landlord. Mm-hmm. Like that's what you know. That was what he calls God. He's like, yeah, he's your divine landlord. He owns the land. Right. He's just letting you live here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And we too much forget, lest you forget. I mean, yeah. how many times do we hear that saying, "Lest you forget, lest you forget," in Deuteronomy, and and yet, lest we forget that that this is God's stuff that we're doing so we should not have any bitterness towards giving that back in whatever way that that God asks us Mm -hmm. to do so Um, and that provision has not changed in this year I don't know when this will go 2018 or 19 or 20 whenever you listen (laughs) uh, that but I know honestly it has not changed and it's not going to change right we are still supposed to take care of of the Levites of those that are are serving in the church. Um, well, when we get later, the, even in this chapter, we'll talk about the others we're supposed to take care of as well. All right. Well, then then explain to me. Uh, um, explain to me. So CW, um, not the channel, but Christopher Wright. Oh, that's um, right. <laughs> says, I just put CW in my in my notes when I, when I quote something. It says, the instruction to eat your grain, new wine, and oil in the presence of the Lord is a way of acknowledging their source and their status as gifts of blessing. Mm-hmm. Well, wait a second. If, if part of this tithe, now, now we're going back, you know, we're, we're going back to our knowledge of, of numbers and, and some of those things when, when we're talking about the tithe. Why is it so? So he says that, that it's part of their acknowledgement um, as this being the source and status of gifts and blessings. So how does that work in, in, in our context today when we're talking, when we're thinking tithe and we're thinking that we're supposed to rejoice 
and the resources and provision that God has given to us, well, how does that fit with you give 10% of the church and you eat part of it? And, and really, I mean, he says, well, if you can't make it there, then go ahead and sell your animals and your mm-hmm. food and then go spend the money how you wish. Uh, maybe I, that's, I, I thought that was great. Right. Maybe that's a strong drink. And I was like, hmm. So a margarita then so could be buy, my ten percent. Pastor, some wine. Like. <laughs> so, well, well, what's what's going on with this? Well, why, why is it? One little side note: um, that provision that you just talked about. If you live far away, you could sell, and when you get there, you could buy what was needed for the offering. Right. Um, Grisanti actually says that that's probably where the practice of the money changers come in, where we see Jesus fashion a whip, tip over some tables, and uh-huh. chase people out of the temple. So I thought it was interesting that God's means of grace. All right, look, I understand you'd have to pack up so much stuff to take with you. It'd make the journey hard. You live far away. Hey, sell it in your town. Take that money with you and then go buy something there. So your load and your journey is light, very light and easy. Here's the means of grace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're like, let's turn that means of grace into profits. <laughs> How can we? It's, it's interesting that we would take something good and turn it evil. So ultimately, they were probably abusing this tithe. They were blu- abusing this ability to rejoice in, in God's provision. M- maybe not initially, but through time. But eventually. Time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but so this is the part that kind of blew my mind. Part of me again. <coughs> and the part of me that like kind of blew my mind uh, as far as worship goes. So a few verses that stand out are in Corinthians, and I did not do the homework to grab the numbers. Uh, or the references, but God loves a what giver? A cheerful? Yay! Woo-hoo! You know, so straight up. Um, he says prior to that, like, I don't want somebody who's giving out of compulsion. Um, everyone should give as they see fit. God wants a cheerful giver, not somebody who's like, you know, wrecked about it. Kind of like me, you know, where I'm giving out of compulsion as opposed to... By the way, you're taking my New Testament <laughs> scriptures for chapter 15. Go. We'll revisit them next week. Um, so we yes, <laughs> we are now, <laughs> or in two weeks. We're a bi-weekly podcast. Right, sorry, two I'll weeks. See you next week when we do it. Right. <laughs> um, well, you're you're out of town for working, so I'll see you in two weeks when oh, we do yeah, that. Yeah, you're right. Yes. All right. All right. Cool. Um, anyway, uh, this matter of rejoicing, I think, fits in with that. You're blessed by God. It should be a joyous occasion that God has blessed you and given you the ability to support his mission, his way of life that he has for you. And giving should be out of like, you know, this overflow of gratitude that you have. Um, This whole thing is like this act of worship and to signify the act of worship um, and the joy that should come with giving. God is basically saying like, you're going to have a feast and you're going to have a party with it. It's, you're going to take great joy in giving stuff away, and you're also going to partake in what's happening when you give away, which is that joy. Mm-hmm. I think it was a great symbolism. Um, in this day and age, we're so quick to like write the check and then walk away. So do you but, think... Oh, go on, oh, sorry. Say, but in my... At our church, we encourage people community groups to come to our food pantry on Wednesday nights and to have a meal with the people that come into our food pantry where that we cook it, we make it, we eat it. We have community with the people that come in for help. So 30, 40 people show up at our food pantry. There's another 
right now a community group, so we'll say 10 people, they come in and have dinner with those 30 or 40 people, and they're basically throwing a party. That's so But we're <coughs> giving, that food pantry is getting stocked out of our giving and our tithes. So do you think then part of the part of the problem with people's anger and frustration with the tithe really is partially to blame with the pastors of our church and the teachings because and, and hear me out because okay you because saw the consternation in my face <laughs> well because in, in all honesty the church has a bad reputation of asking for more money and asking for more money and asking for more more money and people then lose the heart of why it is that they're giving and the purpose of their giving. So, for example, um, I, I hear of building funds all the time. And, you know, you go ahead and, and, and do this building fund, and you, you've got lots of people going and giving money, and they're asking for more and more and more, and, and can you give this more, and, and et cetera. And I, I find a lot of times, once you start your building campaign, um, and then you are now in debt, which maybe this can get into um, part of 15 where it says not to borrow, um, but you can lend to other nations, just don't borrow from other nations. But, but in all reality, you see the heart of the church change where the heart um, and mentality is go ahead and give to this building campaign, give more and more and more. But then in order to continue to function that, you need people's money to support your overspending or, or this. Um, or people feel like, again, the heart of why God has set out the tithe and why it is that God asks us to, to give 10%, um, do people really know what that looks like? And do churches sometimes abuse that? I, I mean, yeah, churches do abuse that. I think that, and I, I'm going to go on record as saying I don't think that um, building funds are inherently evil and sometimes very, very necessary. Mm -hmm. uh, if you've got, like I remember, we talked about the vineyard earlier. Right. They decided they wanted a dedicated space for their mercy ministry and they wanted a dedicated space for their student ministry. And, you know, they had a good opportunity to buy a building that was cheap and to do some rehab to it and make it appropriate for what they wanted. And so they said, hey, we do an end-of-the-year giving every year, and this year we'd like to get this warehouse that's, you know, less than a quarter mile away from us that could be used for these different things that we need because right. we're out of space. Um, where people kind of lose their minds, I think, is because we can invite people into that mission. So, hey, we're going to uh, – hypothetically, our church is going to build a new building for our youth – it's going to be a great place. It's going to be welcoming and inviting. There's going to be places where the students can congregate, where they can have community. Uh, they can do fun things. It's also a place where we, they'll learn about Jesus. We'll have dedicated Bible studies. We'll have, you know, community groups for our youth so that they can really talk with people their age about stuff, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, well, that's really cool. But if you're like a 65-year-old grandparent and your kids have moved out and your grandkids are babies and you don't care you don't see the value in that. Mm -hmm. You don't understand like why, or maybe you're a curmudgeon and you come from a background where, well, the youth should be in the service with us because, you know, nothing says awesome like an incredibly busy, distracted service mm -hmm. with a bunch of like, you know, youth running around. Right. Uh, because, you know, not everybody is like regenerate like you. Mm -hmm. uh, it, or what, sorry, I'll get off that soapbox too. Um, or you say, hey, we're going to build a food pantry or we're going to build a, a mercy space 
and people don't take their butts over there to participate in what's going on, it makes them feel like their tithe is going down an empty hole. Or they're doing it because they want to feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves, and they think that just writing the check is going to get them, you know, in into that exclusive club, despite the fact they're never going to step foot into what that campaign is doing. Right. Or, you know, we're going to... Hey, we want everybody to donate some money because we're gonna, you know, we're gonna buy turkeys for everybody for Thanksgiving. Or, you know, we want you to donate turkeys. We're gonna take around. Well, you donate the money, but you never went and delivered those turkeys. You never had meals with the people that had them. You never got to know them. So you feel once again like that money's going into some ominous black hole that I never seen the fruits from. Right. And I think that's I think that's the problem. Yeah. Sometimes pastors get this like kingdom building, mm-hmm. like I'm gonna build six campuses and we're gonna have you know. Uh, you know, six pastors at each campus and whatever, you know, it's going to be huge. And like our name is going to go out, you know, the, you know, first Presbyterian church of Middletown is going to be huge. And there's going to be a campus and all the surrounding communities and everyone's going to know who we are and we're going to do great things. And that's wrong. Mm -hmm. So there's pastors that lead those kind of campaigns. Sure. I think though, more often than not, it's the pastors, the elders, the deacons, they get this vision. They work towards this vision, but when you have a church of 300 people and only 40 people actually care about or get involved in what's going on, it destroys the joy in the tithe. Well, but I don't think we're taught about the joy of the tithe. I have been to very few churches, first of all, that even have good biblical teaching in the first place. And usually the teaching goes around, um, the, the, teacher, the teaching is modeled around a good self-help lesson or what vision they want to cast but do we get down to the heart of Scripture and how it is that God calls us to rejoice in, in the giving of what God has already provided, the tithe of, of um, well, what do they call it? The tithe of all the, year to, the yield of your seed that comes from the field. Okay, fine. Not many of us have yield or fields anymore. But the reality of it is, is are we taught that this is a joyous opportunity to celebrate God's provision for what he has given to us because most of the time it's funny no no because a lot of times they'll do those Corinthians verses I was talking about yeah. but never tell you like where that joy or why that joy is supposed to be there absolutely and in fact That's when you funny. get into the Corinthians funny verses, and sad I should say when you get into the Corinthian verses you know give with a joyful heart or whatever I mean when we get into chapter 15 we're going to talk about how God says that there is no you know there should be no poor among you and that you are to not give grudgingly. In fact, grudgingly, I think, is used multiple times in that part of chapter 15. And we're really good at giving grudgingly. In fact, I'm not going to get political this week. I'll wait for next <laughs> week. Um, but when you're thinking about those that are in the Christian context and how it is that we view money and we view people around us and how it is that we disperse our money, we sometimes can be the most grudgingly when it comes to freely giving. But I think part of it is, and even myself, yes, I know a little bit about the tithe from what I've been taught throughout the years um, from some of my study this, this time. But any time that I hear tithe brought up in church, it's because the church now wants more money. Now, I'm... Not saying that the, what they want that more money for is legit or not legit. However, if the heart of what God wants 
to use the tithe for becomes a building project or becomes a here's our new outreach program or here's our new what, we forget that we're ultimately giving that back to God. That's a command that we get to follow. And really part of that is a celebration and a rejoicing of God's provision for us. And so when people don't know the heart behind it and they see a church or person, a pastor or whatever saying, you need to give more money, well, we've already, we, we've missed the mark. We, we haven't communicated the true heart behind the tithe. And so I, I do believe that, that we as people um, sometimes grudgingly come before the church and go, well, that pastor doesn't need to get paid more. But I actually kind of blame the pastors as well, because I'm not quite sure that we are taught the heart behind the tithe. And if we don't know or understand or are taught the heart behind the tithe, then, then, then how is it that we're going to get into that? And people are afraid of the Old Testament. Like, as you say, I think it, it comes from a disconnect of not teaching the Old Testament. Right. Because people are afraid yeah. to look it into themselves. And then pastors, I don't know if they're afraid to teach it or whether they believe in the New Testament Jesus um, or God, and that's it. But, but the reality of it is, as I think there's a, a disconnect on multiple levels, and it's part of the responsibility of, of the, the leadership of our churches um, to genuinely teach and not just spread a vision but to genuinely teach what Scripture says about various things or commands that God asks us to to follow. Um, and in fact, I need to make sure that I'm not going into next <laughs> week's. Okay, so yeah, I'm going into next week, so I can't um, tell you my little equation that I, that I have written down regarding... Ooh, oh, yeah. teaser. And I hate <laughs> math. Uh, <laughs> but that, don't worry, people. Don't worry, people. There's no numbers... Oh, when so it that comes kind of math. to when Great. it comes, it's it's words plus words equal more words. So yeah, don't worry about. Uh, and you got to take the words from the one side of the equation and get them onto the other side of the equation. Apps, no, 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 no algebra Good. words. Yeah, <laughs> um, so none of that. No, I, I think you're I think you're spot on there. There's a there is a disconnect in many churches where they're not teaching. Uh, they're teaching the what you're supposed to do, but they're not telling you why. It's very much like. Well, it's in the Bible to be a cheerful giver, so you know you should be praying that God works on your heart and makes you a cheerful giver. But there's not an invitation beyond that as to right. and like come, this is why it's cheerful. You need to come into the mission, join the mission. And that's also the man. I could go on, and, and I don't mean to. Sorry. Well, and our New Testament writers are stealing stuff from the Old Testament. Like all of these things that we see in the Old Testament, um, the things that are written, they're they're just rewritten. Um, I mean, they're, they're taking them from, from Jesus's words and <laughs> Jesus is taking them from the Old Testament and these guys are taking them from the Old Testament. And so they don't know the background behind that. Um, and I think that's important though. Like um, part of obedience is explaining the importance behind these different commands. Um, yes, we do it because God commands it, uh, commands it of us. But there's context behind those words and why it is that these New Testament authors are, are writing them in this way. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, you're, you're preaching to the choir here. Hopefully right. our listeners as well. Um, <laughs> no, but that's, I think that's, that's well and true that it's, there is kind of a disconnect. And I, I do fault some pastors for that. I can definitely see how that's like been an issue. I think that in the tradition that 
I mean, I'm not sure about your American Baptist tradition as well, but... I'm not sure what our tradition <clears throat> is either. I say we're very much like a church that will go through Old Testament and New Testament. We'll go, we go through whole books. Um, we did like... It seems like we do like a topical series like once or twice a year. So we're very much like in scripture through and through. So it's not as uncommon for us to go back and forth. Um, yeah, usually... usually we're, we're pretty solid... Yeah, usually Church. we do Old Testament in the fall, New Testament in the spring, and then usually the summer is more of a topical type thing, which which I love. Um, so yeah, we we just did like a, our topical was like the spring, okay. but we we it was like basically like rest and renewal was our topic. Okay, but now we're in James, so we're in New Testament right now. Okay, so so you're you're doing New New Testament during the summer. Yeah, but we're doing. James, which is a difficult, probably one of the most difficult books in the New Testament. Oh, well, aren't you special? I'm just kidding. No, I think it's a, <laughs> I think it's borderline Old Testament theology, if you want to call it that. It's very much a throwback because there's a lot of the works based, and it's like you're saying, like there's a lot of the we should be this way. Our hearts need to be. It's like a real deep peering into your into your heart. It's not just God loves a cheerful giver. No offense, Paul. God loves a cheerful giver next it's very much like we need to give because we have been given to and so on and so forth but well paul was a beast when he comes to his understanding of the old testament i mean well he had it memorized i mean that's a good yeah but that's uh, and i think that without going off on you know people or even our listeners no offense guys right um and girls yeah and girls there's definitely a uh 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 old testament illiteracy uh which is why we do this podcast is because we're trying to help people see that it is important and that they should be reading it so mm-hmm. i just wish there's a way we could either expedite some of the stuff or not get caught on tangents so we can get through <laughs> i mean we're like oh yeah we've been doing this a year and we're through well more than a year by the time you get this <laughs> um and we're at 15 out of 39 yeah we i don't know if we did we know it was going to take us this long I think we thought it'd take a while, but I didn't think we'd think it'd take this long. Yeah. I think we'd think, yeah, I thought we'd be further. That's all right. But it's been fun. No one's complained. Right. So. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. So if you guys aren't, sorry. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Well, yeah, we got to kind of wrap this one up, but we I don't even think we thought this section would take it. No, we definitely didn't, because I was like, I'm we're studied through this part, and we're like, yeah. well, we wanted a shorter one anyway. So yeah, we got, we got to do some other recording after this. Um, so anyway, so let me... So the last one, 28 through 29, which um, Don promised we'd get to, it says, at the end of every three years, you shall bring out all the tithe of your produce in the same year and lay it up within your towns. And the Levite, because he has no portion or inheritance with you and the sojourner and the fatherless and the widow who are within your town, shall come and eat and be filled that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands that you do. Um, I liked Christopher Wright. He said, basically, um, care for the poor was structured into the regular economic life of the nation. Um, it was not left to private charity. Rather, it was a public duty. <laughs> I said duty. That the weakest and poorest should also be enabled to eat and be satisfied from the blessing of Yahweh on the whole nation. And it was also not a surprise that there was the sojourner, the alien, the widow, and the orphan among them. It wasn't like, oh, my gosh, where did all these people come from? It was common and known. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, it was common and known that they were to take care of them. Yep. Boy, is that hard not to get <laughs> into next. Yes, because next week? Oh, yes. 
Oh, I'm going to have fun with Talk that. Talk about a heart-rendering. We're going to probably see... We're probably going to end up living that. And, uh, and, and inspecting ourselves. Man, I'm already struggling with that, but uh, we'll get into my life situation when that comes in. You say, what? You of all people? Huh? You were struggling... I, I know your life situation right now. I'm not going to spoil it, but come on, man. You're sharing your house with strangers. <laughs> like complete deep strangers. Well, that's, that's a different story. Yeah, that's... we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll <laughs> Hopefully we won't forget that I said that in two weeks because I'll be in sunny San Diego where there are no poor people, no immigrants, no widows or orphans. I'm lying. I was going to say. Because they're all there in abundance. <laughs> Now, the nice weather, though. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. They get, oh, no, they got to live in this nice weather. Right, no. the sunny. All it's, right, still, anyway. it's still rough, man. Yep. As a matter of fact, when I go out there a lot of times, like I do a lot of running out there because the weather is perfect. And um, I pass many, many homeless people that are, you know, I'd say there are more in San Diego than there are in Cincinnati. Oh, wow. It's, it's very prominent. You see everywhere there are homeless people. Okay, I'll be honest, though. If I had to be homeless, Hawaii, me too. I'd at least want to oh. get a take. Well, Hawaii, you might get like sucked up into like the. Oh yeah, now lava. Oh, yeah. Right, uh, but um, but at least it's warm. I mean, here it gets pretty cold. So if you're yeah. gonna be homeless somewhere, you know, I might go that direction. Yeah, but I think that we have this view of like, oh, if we're homeless, we'll still live normal lives just without houses. Right. But in reality, homelessness is a very sad state of affairs, and a yes. lot of those. Uh, guys that I've seen out there are looking for drugs or money for, you know, alcohol. They're drunk a lot of the day because they've crashed hard. Yep. It's not that they're just like, oh, the house is gone. Oh, well, I'll go grab my shopping cart and live over here. It's more like life is, has hit them and they're broken. Mm-hmm. So uh, Yeah, and that's part of what we're learning in our life story also. Yeah. But uh, we'll get to that. Yeah, I still have my home. My home. But anyway. Yeah, if I had to wrap this up since we really yes. do only have a couple of minutes, um, I would definitely say that that's um, the, the big things I took out of that was there is no surprise that there are people in need and God wants to take care of them. And uh, Jesus even reminds us in Mark 14, 7, that they will always be with us because he's talking to the disciples about like, hey, be with me while I'm here. Um, and after I leave, you'll help the poor because the poor will always be with us. Mm-hmm. So even to Jesus, it's not a surprise that there are people that are in tough, desperate situations that we need to take care of. Right, right. So remember that next time you, oh, gosh, I'm not going to get political. No, 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 yep. no, save yep. it, save right, it. All right, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll let people at least listen to one more before they stop us. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we'll leave you at that one. Mm-hmm. And I won't say much more. So and read through chapter 15. Yeah, next time. Hey, I'll share an email with you off the air. We got a, an email from a lady that's listening. I think I told you about her last week. Yeah. And uh, she wrote us an email, and she said that we've definitely uh, shocked her a little bit. Is to No, in a good way. Okay. Um, she's, she's like, yeah, I guess I'd, I've kind of neglected the wrathful part of God. Mm-hmm. And just but always like, oh, he's great, he's happy, he's awesome, you know, like the hippie part of God. So he's past the she's past the part of Og then. I think she said she's in four. Okay, so she's definitely past Og. Yeah, and she said she's telling everybody about us. So oh wow, we should see a spike in users. Three no, more she, people. No, I'm just she, kidding. She wanted some Old Testament help, and she's been listening, and she's been reading ahead. And okay, she won't hear this one for two years, and <laughs> 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 but uh, she definitely. Uh, 
is what inspired me a bit. I know her personally. She knows my wife. I know her kid. Her uh, son's been in my Sunday school class a few times. So okay. well, maybe she can cool. talk your wife into listening. Oh. <laughs> Don't worry, I, I can't no, talk no, either because no, no. mine's not any better. I, oh, wait, I, I, wait, I, I love my wife. Sorry, my wife has the Podbean app, mm-hmm. and there's like 18 notifications. I actually, like, are you gonna listen to any of them? The, the reason Sarah said she doesn't listen, and she's like, because she a, hears us, she's like, I'm afraid I'm gonna listen and then get mad at you. <laughs> she's like, you don't always have a filter. I was like, Okay, that's fair. Uh, now, one one thing feedback we did, and we do got to wrap this up. One feedback I got from her, she said, like, sometimes I'm like, okay, you two are much smarter than me. And I'm like, oh, dear. Okay, that's not she, true. Yeah, that's not true. Amy, if you're listening to this one still, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> you, ma'am, are probably smarter than us. Yes, that so, is very true. I, I mean, if you finished high school, you probably got us. <laughs> we Sure, we went to college, but we didn't learn at college. No, we're, we're not very smart. <laughs> We just read. We just we just paraphrase what the commentary said. <laughs> well, there goes all the listeners that thought all we were right. cool. All right. So hey, all right. Uh, until next time, guys. Bye. Bye.